Well, today's scripture reading comes from Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 through 9. We're going to read this in the ESV, and there are ESV Bibles under your chairs if you're here in person. If you're joining us from home, feel free to look up the scripture on your own. We will also project it, but I know sometimes it's a little hard to read that from home. So again, it's Exodus chapter 19, verses 3 through 9. Once you are ready to read the scripture, if you could please stand as able for the reading of God's word. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel." So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. Well, friends, uh, this is the first Sunday in, in a Christian season that's called Advent that culminates in Christmas and the birth of the Savior, and we're looking forward to the coming of Jesus. That's what Advent is all about. And I thought that it would be good for us to kind of pivot from where we have been uh, in, in terms of uh, messages uh, to talking about the Word of God. And so we're going to be doing this Advent series on the Word. And so... Uh, Friends, I have to say that I think for a lot of us, uh, the Word of God um, is something that is maybe not completely clear for us. I think there's a lot of questions about the Word of God, about the Bible itself. You know, is it reliable? Does it still speak to us today, even though much of it was written thousands of years ago? You know, can we really believe what it says about miracles and you know, the, the testimonies of these different people of faith uh, throughout the ages, does it still hold up? And then that question of how does God speak to us today? And so as we're talking about the Word of God, today we want to talk about the voice of God. And maybe that's a, a question that you've had. How do you hear God? You know, is it like an audible voice? Is it just like an impression in your heart? Is it just like your own thoughts that you just have to discern that some of these thoughts are actually God and some of them are you and some of them are just kind of influenced by your mood or your emotions or the, the, the greasy cheeseburger you ate? You know, what are all, where do all these things come from? And how can we discern the voice of God? And so I know that's a question that I've had uh, often in my life. And, uh, you know, to me, I, I think that this is a, a, a very relevant question. And I have to say that with a message like this, I just want to tell you just kind of up front that I'm still in the process of learning. I'm still a, 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 a journeyer, right, a, a co-journeyer in this journey of faith and life and still learning how to discern the voice of God. And so I think um, this scripture that uh, 
we're going to read today uh, speaks to the voice of God. Um, And I think there's a lot that we can learn from this. So let's dive right in. So this is Exodus 19. And so what's going on here is that the people have been freed from Egypt, right? From the oppression of Egypt. And we've been talking about the miraculous things that happened with the Passover, with the the way that God rescued them out of the hands of Pharaoh. And that they they went through the Red Sea, right? The seas parted. And then the, the seas closed over the army of Egypt. And now they're free. But now what? What are they going to do? Right? Well, God wants to lead them to this kind of promised land, right? And as they are in that, that desert, well, we have to say that it was probably a pretty chaotic time, right? You know, law and order and all, all of the kind of authority, it belonged to Egypt, at least the, the human authority, the civil authority, right? And that no longer is there. There's no structure anymore. There's no rules. There's no laws. And oftentimes, they would just come to Moses, and if there's a dispute or something went wrong, they'd be like, Moses, what do we do? And Moses would sit there and talk to, like, hundreds of people every day and be like, yeah, yeah, don't take that person's ox. That's not cool, you know? And it was probably exhausting, and that wasn't tenable. And so God wanted to come and speak with his people and give them his word, right? And so we're going to come to that. We're going to talk more about the law next week. Uh, But suffice it to say that the people did want to hear from God, and God wanted to speak to them. And so this chapter comes right before the Ten Commandments. And so this is setting the stage for the Ten Commandments. So we're told that while Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, uh, you may may have heard other preachers say that if you see a therefore in Scripture, you have to figure out, like you got to read back before the therefore to figure out what it's there for, right? Because it follows a thought, right? And the thought is that you have seen You have witnessed the goodness, the love, the power of God. God has rescued you, therefore. God has rescued you from the hands of Egypt, miraculously. You've seen his faithfulness firsthand. Therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my commandment, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. So God's idea... His plan was not to just set these people free and just be like, okay, cool. Go on and just, you know, do whatever you want. He wanted to make a people. He wanted to have a relationship with them, right? And he's like, I want to have this relationship with you. I'm making this covenant, this promise with you. Will you obey my voice? Will you keep my commandment? If you can do that, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine. Why do we have to make a... uh, Why why do the people have to make a covenant with God? Do you know what a covenant is? It's this kind of relational promise that you make to each other. The most common covenant that we see nowadays, or probably the best-known one that's still recognized, is the marriage covenant, right? You are entering into this agreement, and... Yes, there is love there. I mean, please don't, don't get that twisted. There's definitely love there, right? But it's not just fueled by emotion. We know that. It's not just, I'm going to be with you 
until I get sick of you, <laughs> or until I find someone better, or until my feelings fade. Sometimes I think people think that, right? But you are making a commitment. And you are saying, in order for us to walk together, to really be able to trust each other, because you have to be honest, right? If you don't make this kind of commitment, if your commitment is just, well, I'm just with you because I feel like it right now. I mean, how do you sleep in the same bed with that person, right? How do you build a life with that person? How do you share finances with that person, right? Very, very difficult. And so the, the, the kind of cornerstone of the marriage relationship is this covenant. And, and the essential key to the covenant is this promise that you're saying, I am going to love you, not with this kind of like, you know, wishy-washy, just emotional love, right? But with action, right? I'm going to be with you through thick and thin, through sickness and health, right? For good and bad till death do us part, right? I'm going to love you and be committed in this marriage relationship to be married to you until one of us dies. It's, it doesn't sound super romantic, but this is the cornerstone of that relationship, right? That if you have that commitment, now you can do life together, right? You can trust one another, right? Because you're going to be in it. You're not going to do it perfectly, but you don't have to worry if you don't do something perfectly or if you mess up here or there or you know, someone has a bad day, right? Someone snaps or something like that. That can be like, oh, shoot, this whole thing is off. No, you made a commitment. You're going to stick together. And so God wants to make a, a similar kind of commitment where he wants to live with the people of God. But the question he has is, will you listen to my voice? Why is the voice of God so important? Well, friends, he wants to share his heart, his plan, his intentions. What is in the mind of God, he wants to share that with the people. How else is he going to do that? He's going to do that with words. He's going to do that with his voice, right? And so will you listen to my voice? And will you obey what I tell you to do, right? And he says, all the earth is mine, right? I, I, I own all of this, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses relates this to the people and says, hey, God wants to make a covenant with you, and he wants to become your God, and he wants you to be his people. He wants to marry you, right? And he wants to share in life with you. Well, are you willing to listen and obey what God tells you to do? And so we see this. Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. Oftentimes the idea of the cloud is the presence of God. And, and, and so sometimes people talk about like the presence of God being thick. What, what they're talking about is this metaphor that comes from scripture of the cloud, right? My presence is going to be so thick here, right? It's going to be so dense, you know? And, and you're going to know that I'm with you. Uh, and, and so you will know this, that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. Trust in this forever right? Lean the weight of their life on these words and find that they're trustworthy. That's what it means to believe it, right? And so maybe you're wondering, well, Pastor Steve, 
must be nice to have a thick cloud. It must be nice to have an audible voice. I mean, maybe some of you are thinking, well, I haven't heard an audible voice from God. How do we hear the voice of God today, right? And I got to tell you, friends, um, there are ways for us to hear the word of God, but I think oftentimes God is always speaking to us, and he always desires to communicate with us. But it's almost like, uh, uh, like radio waves. Do you guys know how like radio works? So all the time, even right now, there are radio waves just in the air, right? And, and the thing is that um, in order to hear it, you have to get a receiver that can tune into the right frequency, right? So when you tune a radio, um, I'm going like this, but this is an old kind of radio with a knob. Nowadays, they, they just, you, you press a button, it's like scan, you go up and down, right? Maybe some of you have never used a radio, I don't know. But this is the way it works, right? They have these different frequencies, and they actually have FM, AM, right? And you've got to tune into the right frequency. And if you do, if you sync up with that frequency, then you can hear people talking, or you can hear music, right? And the crazy thing is that that is actually going on right now, but we can't hear it, right? So maybe to someone, they might say, well, it's silent. There's nothing going on, but there's actually radio waves, and there are people talking, and there's music going on all the time. Isn't that cool? It's really interesting, right? But you don't have a transceiver. You don't have a receiver to be able to hear it, and you're not tuned into the right frequency. So who's the receiver? You are. We are the radios, right? And the key is, how do you tune in to the right frequency? Another way that I've heard people talk about the voice of God is thinking of it like a, a foreign language, right? And you're trying to learn this language. Sometimes it might come through your thoughts. It might come through your impressions. And learning how to discern what that voice is, when the impression is from God, and when it's not from God, well, it's kind of like learning a language, right? Can you imagine that, you know, there was a time before Duolingo or before, you know, the internet and all these kind of things that we have, or even before, like, dictionaries, uh, uh, you know, like Korean English, Spanish English dictionaries, and all those kinds of things that we can use to translate, and you just heard someone talking, and you didn't know what it was, but they're just making noises, how do, can you understand that, right? I mean, it's going to take some time, you know, for you to learn and, and to discern that, well, for one, they're not speaking gibberish, right? There's actually meaning. You just don't know what that meaning is yet, right? But the more that you pay attention and the more you're in relationship with that person, probably, you know, if they pick up an apple and they go apple, right, and they pick it up enough, then you're going to start saying, oh, apple, right? You're going to start figuring it out. And I'm not saying that the metaphor isn't perfect, friends, but I think we do have to learn the language of God. And the language of God is going to be interpreted through obedience. And so, friends, uh, uh, this is one of the things that I, I want to give you some very practical advice about how to start to discern the voice of God. I'm not going to make some outrageous promises that it's going to be like so clear, it's going to be like you know, hearing an audible voice or whatever. I think in many ways in this plane of existence that we live on, right, we're going to be stumbling along and we're going to be doing our best and we're not always going to know, right? But it will be a little bit like that person trying to decipher the noises someone's making and trying to find meaning out of it. You're going to get better. You're going to understand more. And that, I think, is something that, that I can say reliably.
you will learn more if you are willing to try, right? And so the, the spirit that we need to have is a little bit the same spirit you have to have when you're learning a, a, a new language. You have to be willing to make some mistakes, right? I, I, I've used this example before, but when I was in Korea, um, I was tutoring English. And um, I don't know why in Korea, maybe it was just the students I had, but nobody wanted to try. Whenever I would say, like, hey, this is a new word that I want to teach you, would someone like to use this in a sentence? Nobody wanted to try, right? Like, would you like to try? And they're like, mm-hmm. they don't want to make mistakes. They don't want to look foolish. I went to China, and I also taught English. And, and I asked them, like, would, would anyone like to try this word uh, in a sentence? And I don't know if it was just the students I had, but every single kid wanted to try. Every single kid wanted to try. And, and guess what? Those kids got a lot better. They made mistakes. They made lots of mistakes. Sometimes they'd make a mistake, and somebody would, like, kind of chuckle a little bit because they said something funny. But the ones who really learned, I mean, they were able to brush that off. I'm sure they didn't feel good. They'd make a mistake. But they're like, no, 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 I want to learn. This is how you learn, right? So even if I make a mistake, I'm going to keep going, right? Do you want to learn the language of obedience, the language of God, to be able to discern his voice? You know, we have to have that same kind of spirit, willing to maybe make some mistakes. You know, maybe in your own eyes, get embarrassed a little bit because you didn't get it right. You know, but we're going to learn. We're going to get better at it. And so the first way that we can learn the language of obedience is by obeying simple scriptural commands. And friends, why I say simple is because if you want to learn a new language, right, you don't get Shakespeare if you want to learn English and start reading the most difficult text and being like, let's understand this. No, that makes no sense. You have to learn the basics, don't you? Right? You got to learn the alphabet. You got to learn simple words dog, cat, kick, run. Very short words. Right? Why do we think learning the voice of God is any different? Right? And so, so many of us were like, oh, I want to learn calculus. You know, I want to learn like advanced, advanced, you know, voice of God type stuff. I want to know specifically what God is speaking. I want to know prophecy. I want to understand all of scripture. Yo, slow down, slow down, slow down, champ. We're just learning here, right? You've got to learn how to crawl before you run. And, and so learning the very basic language of obedience through simple commands, the simple stuff that God is speaking to you in your life that pertain to your life right now. If you don't understand it yet, don't do that one, <laughs> right? There's a very complex uh, verse and, and you don't know what it means. You can't obey that then if you don't know what it means. Start with the simple stuff. How about this? Forgive as you have been forgiven. Maybe some of you are like, whoa, (laughs) that's actually kind of complicated. Maybe, maybe, but you understand it, don't you? You understand it, don't you? Or how about this? This is what Jesus did. He's like, I I know there's a lot of laws. And you got to understand, Jesus was talking to a people who didn't have a Bible in their pocket. It wasn't on their phone, right? They didn't have a Bible with them, any written Bible. What they would do is they would go to synagogue and they would hear people read the word of God, read the law of God, and they would just read it, right? Like lots of it. Which one do you obey? There's so much. There's so much to go over, 
right? And only the very best students would go and study under certain rabbis and study the Torahs very, very carefully. But the common people, what are you going to do? Which ones do you obey? And what Jesus did is he said, all of the law and the prophets can be kind of, you know, boiled down and hang on these two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and love your neighbor as if they were you. Can you do that? Might seem simple, right? But maybe there's a very simple scriptural thing, like, you know what? I I need to treat my parents better. I need to respect them. Maybe there's someone in your life. I, I need to show kindness to them. You remember when Jesus talks about, like, hey, Maybe you feel like you haven't seen me, but have you ever seen someone who's thirsty? Have you ever seen someone who's hungry? Can you go feed them? Can you go give them a drink of water? We can all do that. It's not that difficult. And it's not difficult to understand. Now, it might be difficult for you to implement, but that's for different reasons. It's not for lack of understanding, right? Those simple commands, right, especially the ones, we'll talk about this in a little bit, that have to do with love, Do those. Do those, right? And start to bring your life into obedience with the simple commands of Scripture. And I promise you, you'll start to understand more of the things that God is trying to teach you when you start living your life in alignment with the Word of God through these kind of simple ways. Second way is to practice obedience in spiritual disciplines. And so, friends, a lot of, uh, you know, what, what God is trying to say is, For you to be my people, you need to be able to learn how to kind of subject yourself to me, right? Subject yourself to my word, to be in a position where you can hear from me. So how are we going to hear from God? Well, we we, we have to show up for the appointment, right? We got to show up for the date. If you want to get to know someone, how do you get to know them? You got to spend time with them. You got to hear their mind. You got to listen to them talk. Right? Hey, tell me about yourself. Right? And then they tell you, and you listen. Right? You're not on your phone. You put your phone down, put it away. Right? If you're sitting there texting and checking the football scores while they're talking, you're not giving them your full attention. You're not going to build that relationship. Right? We need to give undivided attention to God. And one of the ways we can do that is in spiritual disciplines. Right? That, to me, is what a spiritual discipline is. It is a time where you are giving your undivided self to God in a specific way to connect with God and to receive his grace, right? There are prescribed ones in scripture, the ones we know, ones like read scripture, meditate on scripture, memorize scripture, right? This is what I tell people all the time. If you have a hard time studying scripture, which by the way, hardly ever talks about it. It doesn't really talk about that in scripture because most people didn't have a Bible in their hands, right? And Jesus always emphasized doing his commands, right? Not studying them and learning them so that you get really smart and you have this knowledge, but you're not actually doing it. He's like, that's like looking in a mirror and forgetting who you are. What good is that? If you know a lot of it, but you're not doing it, I would rather you do it, right? And so friends, uh, uh, what I tell people is if understanding of scripture is difficult for you, 
Um, let, let's maybe not do it in the way that we've been taught to read like our textbooks and stuff, where it's all about us in our mind, like I need to understand this and we're just ripping it apart. We're just trying to understand it. Friends, don't get me wrong. There can be great value in that. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't study scripture. Study of scripture can be great. But I also know that in the Western world, we have elevated the study of scripture to almost the only thing you're supposed to do. Like, like when we get together, other than, than Sundays, what do most people call it? What do they call it? Bible study, right? That's what they call it, right? And we emphasize the, the study part, right? And so if you have a hard time with studying, what I would recommend is what it says in Scripture. Meditate on it. Or how about this? Try to memorize it. Right? Try to take a verse of Scripture. You know, I, I always tell, there's a few, uh, we'll talk more throughout the series. I'll give you some Scriptures um, that I think you should start with if you want to do some uh, memorization. Uh, but one is Psalm 23. I would highly, highly recommend Psalm 23 uh, to start with. There's some others you can start with. Just read it again and again and again. But friends, the, the, the whole point is, are you making this time to set aside to be before God? Because that is part of the obedience, right? It, it, has it ever been said, you know, that God said, thou must have a quiet time? No. It's not about the legalism of doing it, right? But it's about your heart, that you are willing to sit before God and say, God, I'm going to give you my complete und undivided attention. Some of that may be in prayer, right? To be still before God and to just sit still and, and you know, speak your heart. You, you can tell God what's on your heart, what concerns you. You can lay down your burdens. God, I'm really anxious right now. God, I'm really worried about the future. God, I don't know what to do about my parents. I, I don't know what to do about this person who's treated me so badly at work and, and I can't sleep and it's bothering me so much, right? We tell our friends about that. Maybe we worry about it at home. But are we telling God about that? Are we laying them, that down at his feet? Are we doing that every day, right? And so to me, um, learning to practice obedience in spiritual disciplines, and again, don't do three hours if you've never done a spiritual discipline before. I, I, I tell people this all the time. Five minutes, just do five minutes every day. Can you do that? Can you do five minutes every day? If you can't do five minutes, do four minutes. If you can't do four minutes, do three minutes. If you can't do three minutes, do two minutes. <laughs> the point is to learn to do it, right? To build that habit every day. There was, uh, in the praise team prayer that we had uh, before service started, uh, a number of people mentioned that they're like, you know, there's so many times where I just don't think about God throughout the day, you know? And, and just, I want to think about God more throughout the day. And one of the things I've learned in that, I've definitely been there, is that you're not going to get there through like thinking about God all the time because you already have the habit of not thinking about God, right? That's the way your life is built. And so what you need to do is start building these little habits, these little kind of interruptions into the way your life used to be. That's another way that you can describe a spiritual discipline, right? An interruption of how you would normally live your life if you just get to live it however you want. And instead, you obey for five minutes every day. And you say, God... The, this five minutes is yours. It's not mine. 
I'm just going to sit here and be still, or I'm going to pray, or I'm going to read one scripture, or I'm going to memorize this one verse, or just read this one verse again and again, and you give that time to God. And as you learn to obey, you will learn the language of obedience. You'll learn, there's going to be times where you're going to have that five minutes, and it's going to feel a little bit different than it did before. Maybe it will feel as if the presence of God is with you. There's going to be a time where you're reading that, that, that scripture and it's going to hit you a little bit different than it did before. It won't just be a word that you're just repeating, but there's going to be conviction there. There's going to be a little bit of a fire there. There's going to be something behind it, right? And you're going to start to understand more how God speaks to you. Does that make sense? Yeah? And the last one is... Learning uh, to practice everyday obedience to simple commands from God, right? And so, friends, if you're not sure it's God, let love be your guide, right? So if God is asking you to go, um, you know, do something that is against, like, let's say the Ten Commandments, right, kind of very simple moral guidelines, right, it's not from God, okay? It's not from God, (laughs) right? If God is telling you to punch someone in the face, it's not from God, right? Because God tells you to love your enemies, right? God tells you to love your neighbor as if they were you, right? And so as you are learning this, friends, this is the one that's the most shaky. This is the one that's going to be the hardest for us to understand because this is the one where you're going to have a lot of questions. You're going to be like, yeah, but Pastor Steve, how do I really know it's God? And I got to tell you, you won't. How are you going to know 100% for sure? You won't, right? But this is what we said. You've got to start practicing, right? I have this story. I've shared this before, um, but it's been actually a number of years. I was telling this story a lot for a while, and so I kind of put it in the vault for a few years. So I'll tell you guys this story. <laughs> um, this was a number of years ago. I was at Meyer, and I was going to... Um, this was around the time when I was first started doing the grocery shopping. Um, I, I wasn't very good at it. And so I made a rookie mistake. I went and I got the bread first. Meyer, my Meyer used to have the bread in the front. Now they don't. I, I think they wisened up. But because I got the, the bread and I threw it in my cart, and then I got other things and threw it in my cart on top of the bread, and I squished my bread. I looked at my bread and it was flat, right? And so what do I do? I go back to the bread aisle, put back the squished bread, and get unsquished bread, right? And for a second, I'm like, is this right? And I'm like, well, I don't want squish bread, right? Like, oh, I'm sure Meyer, like I start doing that justification thing. I'm like, I'm sure Meyer throws away so much bread every day. It's no big deal, right? And so I, I just put the squish bread back and I'm like, I'm sure everyone does it, right? And I go and I finish my shopping and I'm going to check out and I looked at my unsquished bread and I'm just thinking to myself, like, did I do the right thing? I don't know if this was the right thing. And, and I, I'm like going to the checkout counter and I'm like starting to feel like really convicted. And I get this very strong feeling. Steve, go buy that squish bread. And I'm like, is that God? I'm like, nah, that can't be God. And I'm sitting there and I'm struggling, right? I'm in line and I feel it really strongly. Like, go buy that squish bread. And I'm like, nah, no, that can't be from God. And then I hear a voice, someone talking in front of me. He's like, I always squish the bread, and I'm like, what? And I look up, and there's this old man who's in front of me, and he's talking to the cashier. Guys, this is a true story. <laughs> this guy, he's talking to the cashier. He's like, yeah, 
I always squish the bread, you know, I, I don't mean to, and my wife gives me a hard time about it, but you know what? I just bought two loaves of bread and squish bread. I'm just gonna feed it to the birds outside. You know, and he like laughs about it, and I'm sitting there like, oh, <laughs> I don't think this was just a coincidence, right? And so I go up to check out, and, and the, 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 the lady's, you know, scanning, boop, my unsquished bread, and I said, can you scan that twice? I need to go back and buy a second loaf. So I did. I went and bought that second loaf of squished bread. And I've, I've told that story to one of my friends, and that person who has gone to church all his life was like, God is real. I'm like, that's what convinced you? That's what convinced you is the squished bread story? You know, and, and friends, I got to tell you, every time I go to Meyer, every time I go to Meyer, and I'm behind someone. Now, now I do the automatic checkout, but when, when i like, like checking out with a person, I listen. I listen to see if there's someone else who has a conversation about squish bread. Because I got to tell you that people sometimes, are, they say, well, well, Pastor Steve, how do you really, that could just be a coincidence. In all of my life, I am 45 years old. I have never, never been to the grocery store and the guy in front of me had a conversation about squish bread, except that day. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, right? I can't scientifically prove it, right? But I think that was the voice of God. I think God was trying to teach me about integrity. As a pastor, it is so important. The squished bread, that could be something else, right? You may not think it's important, but God knew it was important. He was trying to teach me the language of obedience. And by the way, the principle of squished bread it's just the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal, right? And like, maybe you're like, okay, but is that really stealing? Well, no one's going to buy that squished bread. They're going to throw it away, right? It's wasted because I squished it. I was responsible for it, right? And friends, there are so many times, there are times where I've, it's been put on my heart, like, I should call this person. I should pray for this person. Have you, you ever had that? And did you ignore it? Were you like, ah, it's just a coincidence. I'm busy. And, and I've done that. I've definitely done that and chosen not to text the person, chosen not to call the person. And there are a few times where I called the person and they're like, Pastor Steve, I'm so glad you called me. I, I, I really needed to talk to someone. There are other times I've called someone out of the blue because I felt like God was putting them on my heart. I was like, hey, you know, I just, I, I've been trying this thing. I'm just trying to like, you know, obey the voice of God. I just feel like God wanted me to call you. And is there something going on? They're like, no, I'm good. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, can I just pray for you? They're like, yeah, sure. I mean, I could always use prayer, right? And so maybe I got it wrong that day. Friends, I got to tell you, you're not going to get it 100% of the time. I have friends who have prophetic gifts. And God tells them things, things so specific and things so just crazy that it can't be anything but God. But I got to tell you, they don't shoot 100%. They get it wrong sometimes, right? Why? Because they're human. Sometimes they just had indigestion. They had a bad hot dog or, right? Something is wrong in the air. Who knows why they got it wrong? But they're human. We're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And that's not the point. The point is to learn to be more obedient. I mean, if you reach out to someone and it's like, I, I just feel like God is telling me to pray for you, and that really wasn't God, is it going to hurt to pray for them? <laughs> of course not. Right? That's why I say, let love be your guide. Because if there's a more specific way that God is asking you to act, 
and it's not God, and it's not love, then you, there's a greater chance of doing harm. Does that make sense? So please hear this, right? When you, you're like, oh, this is God, right? And it's something super selfish or something destructive or illegal. Please question if that's God. Please 100% question if that's God. Does that make sense? But if it's love, right? Agape love, the love of Christ, right? The way that God is calling us to love people, then defer to that, right? Something in line with the Ten Commandments, okay? Align with that. Practice with that. Does that make sense? Yeah? Amen. Amen. Friends, I've got to tell you, we're not always going to get it right. But the one that we follow was able to ultimately obey, right? And for Christ, he obeyed to the point of death, going to the cross. He gave it all. He wasn't hedging his bets, right? But Jesus was somebody who did this crazy act of obedience, but it was after a lifetime of obeying and hearing the voice of God. Jesus had this connection with God where he called God his daddy, his Abba, his Appa, right? And he would obey God sometimes in ways that seemed a little strange to people. Sometimes there's a bunch of people and they're crying out for Jesus, heal us, heal us, heal us. And Jesus would heal the people he could. But sometimes he was like, you know what? It's time to go. It was hard. But it seemed like Jesus had this different kind of connection, this different kind of discernment. He knew the right time. He knew the right place. He knew how to obey the voice of God. And Jesus' obedience is actually not just our example, but it is what covers us. Jesus obeyed perfectly, and God knows you will not, nor will I. He wants to teach you how to obey more perfectly, but even if you don't, God will forgive you because of the obedience of Christ, because Jesus went to the cross. And that obedience covers us too. Amen? And so we can learn. We can crack some eggs as we make that omelet, right? We can try to discern the voice of God and sometimes get it wrong. But get it wrong in the direction of love and you're going to be moving in the right direction. Amen? Amen. I want to go into our time of communion.